traders, Akil Stokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Thank you as always for joining me. If you guys are brand new, I'm a Forex trader, trading coach, and one of the co-founders over at tier1trading.com. And this is a podcast that I put out three times a week mostly covering topics that relate to trading and my journey from struggling to consistently profitable trader and how I work with traders on a regular basis and helping them do the same. But we often talk about some random topics as well. And today is going to be one of those sessions. Actually, I guess it could be trading related as well. Maybe we'll make that connection um, during this podcast. I don't know. These things are off the top of my head. But today I wanted to talk about the dopamine detox and it was a a topic that came up to me uh in one of my instagram messages right i was coming in from a hard day right the last the last two days have been difficult i've been sweating and breathing hard and moving earth uh trying to get about nine uh truckloads of mulch um around the house right this is one of the negative sides of having a, a very big property and it's funny, right? Because, and I promise I'll get to the subject. This has to do with dopamine, I guess, or I'll, I'll make it that way to make it make sense. But um, in the past, if you listen to the podcast, I always talk about opportunity costs, right? And I use yard work as an example of such, right? Um, I talk about I had a business partner that um, was unhappy because I was like, hey, I told him I don't mow my own lawn. Like, how can you not do that? And um, when we broke down the opportunity cost of it, right, I pay someone to mow my lawn. It cost me about $65 every two weeks. So let's say $30 a week. In the three hours that it would take me to mow my my lawn, excuse me, yawn, I'm tired, it's nighttime. In the three hours it would take for me to mow my lawn, I can produce a YouTube video, which is something I like doing every single week on my YouTube channel, right? what I can produce from that YouTube video. If I were to get one lead generated, and let's say one person buys my product off of YouTube, that would basically pay for nine cuts of yard work. So you can kind of do the math right there, at least nine weeks of of uh, having my lawn cut. So it's worth to do that video, which I would have to do anyway, um, versus taking the time out of my day to uh, cut the lawn. So I bring that up because as I was getting done, right, I'm on like hour number five of, of moving mulch and, and, and whatnot, uh, kind of the last bit I want to do for the day, and my neighbor drives up. My neighbor, he's an entrepreneur in his own right. He's a business owner, so he kind of understands how the whole game works. Um, and I may or may have not teased him earlier in the morning about his Chicago Bears and their uh, delinquent quarterback situation. And he looks at me, he says, you know you pay people to do that, right? And uh, <laughs> I laughed at him. And of course, by this time, I'm, I'm second guessing myself and I'm saying like, man, yeah, I should have paid someone to do this because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not even halfway done. Um, but it made me think about why I decided to do this. My wife and I decided to do this instead of paying someone. It was for one of two reasons. Um, the main reason is it does bring me some type of pleasure. Um, I guess it when I grew up, landscaping was kind of the first summer job that I had. Um, I, I would uh, help build houses and do some landscaping with my uh, my best friend's grandfather. And that was the first time I really learned about hard work. It was my first job. I kind of learned the lesson that, hey, if you work hard, you get rewarded. And there was that sense of pleasure. Um, I didn't really take pleasure in what I was doing. I was too young. I didn't care at the moment. But I knew that 
after I did this work, I would get a free lunch and I would get some money. Um, and that was motivating for me, right? This is where that dopamine comes in. I'll kind of explain what dopamine is in, is a second, in a second. So doing this, right, kind of brought me back to those days of, of you know, feeling like I'm working hard. Um, it was also a chance for me to teach my son the same lessons. I have two sons. One is five, one is one. The one-year-old doesn't really care, but the five-year-old, he's at that age where he understands money. He knows how it works. He knows that um, it has to be earned. So when he sees us doing this work, he's kind of getting examples. Like, okay, I, if I help out, I work hard, I can, you know, get rewarded with something. So I think it's a valuable lesson. So that's one of the reasons I decided to do it. The other reason is, man, it's Corona season. We've been on lockdown for like the last six weeks. I need to get out the house. So anything I can do to get out the house for a few hours, I'm going to do. But in any sense, what these acts are doing is firing off what's called dopamine. And I must be honest, right? When I first heard the question about the dopamine detox, I'm like, hey, Keel, have you ever heard of this dopamine detox? You think about doing it? I'm like, what? Hell no. Like, what? Why? I like my dopamine, right? I like my dopamine. Because I was under the impression, this is what I was taught just, just learning from whoever I learned it for, is that dopamine is like the brain's pleasure drug. Right. So I was always taught by like, how, why do you feel good after working out? Right. Because it, the, the act of working out fires off the dopamine, which makes you feel good. Right. Um, and as I did, you know, so why would I ever want to not have that? Why would I purposely stop myself from having something that makes me feel good? That doesn't make sense. Right. That's like torturing myself. I forgot the name of what it's called. People that do that to themselves, but that I'm not I don't get down like that. Um, but as I did some more research, just reading some articles about it, it actually changed my perspective. Dopamine, at least scientists have kind of changed their perspective, isn't really the brain. It, it isn't It isn't a, a pleasure chemical that is created through working out or doing hard work or doing something pleasurable. The I guess the pleasure in it is more based off of, it's more based off motivation, right? It's more based off the outcome, right? So dopamine is something that keeps you motivated because your mind is thinking ahead. Your mind is thinking about what is the outcome of this event? What is the outcome of this act? And that's what, it, that's what kind of fires off the chemical reaction. And that's what keeps you motivated to doing something, right? Think about the end of the race for you runners out there, end of a run. If you're running your best run ever, right? And I use an app called Strava where I upload my runs. At the very end of the run, I'm thinking, hey, if I finish this run in the next two minutes, I'm going to be able to upload this run. It's going to say, Akil, you ran your best run ever. And, and that's kind of the, the motivation I need to finish, right? Having the yard done, right? Having the yard look very nice and beautiful or bigger picture. Having my son being able to see an example of his father working hard and, and, and using that for the rest of his life, right? That is motivation to keep doing it instead of just paying someone to do it for me. Um, so it's a little bit of a different definition than what I, what I thought. But... When we get to the topic of the dopamine detox, um, it's interesting because this is kind of like a fad thing. It's a it's a trendy thing, like all of these stupid diets out there, right? Where everyone's trending with trendy with these. Do this diet, eat only meat, eat only earth, right? All this fun stuff where it's you know every week there's something new. You can tell how I feel about that, obviously. Um, and I wanted to look into it, and I said, okay, so so. I want to avoid pleasure. I want to avoid feeling motivated. This doesn't make any sense. So let's read up into it. And basically, here's the premise of what this dopamine detox is. It's basically saying, so let's put it like this. So 
when you do something and your brain is used to getting dopamine from it or creating dopamine from it, it becomes like, you know, any type of like an addictive drug, right? The first time you do a drug, you get this hit, right? You get this, this feeling that you've never experienced before. It's this big rush or whatever you feel, right? The second time that feeling gets a little bit less, right? The third time it gets a little bit less. And this is why we have like gateway drugs where you're chasing that initial high, right? Each time you get, um, the next high, it's not as powerful as the previous high. So you have to do more to achieve that same high. And that could be very trading related as well as far as results. Maybe we'll revisit that. Maybe we'll think about that right now. If we think about results in trading, right? I we were talking to my the group of traders I work with this morning about equity curves. We even did a private Q&A session on Monday talking about a trader's equity curve and how I like mine to be, right? I like a slow steady, consistently profitable, predictable equity curve, right? It's nothing that's going to blow the roof off of anything, but it produces a very good annual return. And I'm very happy with that because it makes me money with very, very low risk. I can say that now as an experienced trader, someone who's been consistently profitable since what, 2010-ish, somewhere around there. Um, however, as if, if, if I can rewind time to when I first started trading, especially in the stock market, one of the reasons I made the switch from stocks to Forex is because I, w I was greedy. I did very well in stocks. If I look back to, to my, you know, if, if I look back with the knowledge I know now back then, I was killing it, man. Um, but it wasn't enough right? Because nothing was as good as that that first stock hit, right? That first performance. So I kept, you know, if I would return 10%, right? Next time I returned 10%, it wasn't enough. I needed 12. If I returned 12%, right? 12% was no longer enough. I needed 15. If I got 15, right? I needed 20. And I, I kept needing more. Um, and many traders do that. And that's how they blow accounts, right? They, they are having a very good consistent return, but it's not enough. So they start risking more because the only way you can make more if you're not getting substantially better, which many of us aren't, uh, especially if you have a, a testable uh, and verifiable repeatable system, it's going to produce a consistent result. That's what you want. The way to get better is to trade a bigger position size. Now, if you do it smartly, you can make lots of money doing so. Most people don't have the patience to do it smartly, so they just start trading more, right? And they get a bigger reward. They also have a bigger risk. They do it again. They have a bigger reward. They often get a bigger risk, right? They do it again. They have a bigger reward. They also get a bigger risk. And then it's just a matter of time, right? We all have that drawdown. We all have that drawdown. Spoke to a trader this morning. He was testing a system. I think he did like five years. Four out of those five years were awesome. One of those five years had a 25% drawdown. So we've been working with him on uh, really identifying, hey, what can be done to kind of maintain that year a little bit better, even if it means sacrificing the performance from other years. Because I tell you what, if you're over leveraged, if you're if you're trading a position size that is too big, you're not going to make it past that 25% drawdown year. That is going to blow your account, right? You can do years of good work. All it takes is one drawdown with an over leveraged position size to blow your account. But that's kind of the, the chasing the high. Imagine doing a drug, doing a drug, more and more and more until you finally do that that one drug or that combination of drug that kills you, right? And you don't get a second chance at life. Rarely do you get a second chance at trading either. Um, I, I guess you could, but it's very, most people I would say would, would give up because they haven't learned anything from that experience when they go completely broke. So it is very similar in that fashion. Um, now that I'm all off subject. So, so that's kind of, so the idea of, of, of stopping 
of, of I guess reducing um, or, or detoxing, I guess, or, or of stopping this dopamine is to do less of what you enjoy so that when you come back to it, you get a better response from it. And that part I, I, I agree with. I, I do agree with that. And I think in, in general, it's not this is this subject isn't for trading. It's more for like people that are like um, they're trying to get off social media. Right. Spending less time on social media, spending less time. I will a few other examples if I can find some. Um, I'm trying to look at the article right now. I was going to read it to you and I decided to do something else. But like less time on social media, less time on your phones, less screen time, stuff like that. So that way you don't get as distracted and you become more productive and more motivated and stuff like that. And I, I partially agree with that. Um, I remember one time when I had a, I broke my phone around uh, it was a, around New Year's and I couldn't get a new phone for about a week because it was the New Year's holiday and, and all this fun stuff. Um, so I went phoneless. And I'm always on my phone. I'm checking, you know, I'm checking quotes. I'm checking emails. I'm just checking it on social media. Um, and I really enjoyed my time away from the phone. It, it allowed me to take more time to focus on myself. It allowed me to take more time to focus on my family. And I, I honestly felt less addicted, right? I, I didn't have to grab my phone every second to check Twitter. I didn't have to grab my phone every second to check a, a price quote. Um, I, I, I didn't need it as much. So, and, I, and I think that could be a benefit. We talk about the same thing in trading as well. I probably did a, a many podcast on this, but spending less time in front of your charts, Right. I know traders out there that spend 20 hours a day in front of their charts and they get this kind of paralysis analysis because they're 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 in fact, it, it gives them you know more time in the market allows you or causes you to make more mistakes. Right. Because when you're looking at a chart, and you're not getting that sensation of anything new to analyze or any new trades to take. You start creating it. Right. So you start hunting and looking for stuff. You're you're searching for that pleasure. Um, and you end up taking bad trades, you end up losing money. So I always tell people, get away from your charts. You're actually going to feel a lot better about them when you return. And that's 100% true. You know, when I close down my charts on, on Friday or for a day, I'm much more motivated to do analysis on them the next day because I haven't seen them in a while. Whenever I take a big break from trading, maybe I take a, very rarely do I take a week off, but say I take a week off from trading. I always approach the charts with a brand new, fresh perspective. It's like a, a new energy. I'm on the road a lot during the year. So there are many weeks where I'm away from my family for two, three days at a time. And I always come home and I just miss them even more. And um, so I, I think that aspect of, if you want to call that the dopamine detox, I think that aspect makes sense but as far as just you know if if the idea is not just dopamine is a, a motivator it's, it's a pleasure deal i think as far as removing yourself from all pleasurable experiences so going cold turkey and saying i'm not going to do anything that makes me happy well that just doesn't sound healthy and if you think about it, right, I, I don't think it's even possible, right? Because if the act of you not doing anything that makes you happy is meant to eventually make you happy, 
your brain is still firing off the dopamine because remember dopamine is is based it, it causes motivation it's based off outcome so the bigger outcome the long-term outcome of your short-term act is to benefit you which motivates you to do the short-term act even more which fires off the dopamine right so i don't think it's actually possible but the ideas inside it i must say they do make sense they do make sense kind of tempering your consumption of rewards right not giving yourself as much instant gratification um, especially in this kind of day and age where everything is at our fingertips we can watch anything on demand we can get any answer to any question by just searching it on google i don't think that's such a bad idea i don't think that's such a bad idea it's 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 in a way it's, it's no different than any type of diet where you're going to start weaning yourself off of something weaning yourself off the oreo cookies since that's what i like to use in all these podcasts um and then when you get that one cheat day or that one cheat meal per day and you can have those oreo cookies it makes the sensation more pleasurable it makes you want it more in a way it makes you i guess kind of appreciate it more because you don't have it as much so i think it works in life again it's not a dopamine detox so i think the way that they're spinning it is is not true but the ideas within it make sense and i think in trading and i think in business i think in life relationships and in, in any aspects it could be very helpful but from a trading aspect certainly i think we get so consumed with stuff, no matter what type of, no, no, no matter what stage of trading we're in, whether we're investing hours on end in the education time, whether we're investing hours on end in the strategy development time, whether we're investing hours on end on the back testing or even the live trading, I think there comes a point where we get burnt out. And when we get burnt out, we start seeing things different. And even worse, maybe we start we start losing the passion that we have for trading in the first place, right? It becomes no longer is it is it a pleasurable experience, a labor of love, you may say, but it turns into a job. And once it turns into a job, it's more like a task where it's like, man, instead of like, oh, man, I can't wait to pop this new course in and, and learn. This is going to be awesome. The foundation course part two. Everyone's talking about it. Oh, it becomes back testing on on year like 10 where it's like, all right, whatever clicking through the numbers and uh i i don't think that's healthy for us so i think it makes sense i think in order to start doing it put yourself on a schedule i've spoken about this in another podcast i don't know the number off the top of my head but i do the pomodoro technique where i schedule my day my work and my outer work where it's like hey i have you know a 25 minute counter a five minute rest right i have 25 minutes on fully focused on work no cell phone no social media right and then i have my five minute rest my five minute rest i can check twitter i can check social media i can do whatever updates i need to do right so you're balancing that act so you're not burning out you're not overly distracted by social media you're not burnt out totally from your work it's a nice little balance. You do just enough work, you get just enough pleasurable reward. You do just enough work, you do just enough pleasurable reward. I think that's the key to do it. Um, no matter if we're talking trading, we're talking business, we're talking uh, wife, family, kids, anything. So give it a try. By the way, I don't do this enough, right? I should be promoting 
what we have here because I've, got, I've gotten so many kind words lately. But if you're interested in uh, joining us over at Tier 1 Trading, guys, feel free to take our two-week trial. Let me ask you this, right? If I told you that I can almost guarantee, because I, I can't guarantee what you do, but I can, if you do what you're supposed to do on our platform in two weeks, I can guarantee you're, you're going to be a better trader. If I can promise you that for a dollar, would you take it? Of course you would, right? Who wouldn't want to spend a dollar becoming a better trader? So let me ask you this, right? If that's the case in point, how come you haven't taken our 14-day trial offer yet? It's only a dollar. You get two weeks on the platform. You get access to some courses. You get access to some software. You get access to live rooms. You get access to weekly videos. You get access to trading ideas. You get access to accountability sessions. You got access to the best community of traders on the planet. What's the problem? Do it. www.tier1trading.com. Click start that 14-day trial. Do me a favor. Once you get on the platform, the first thing I want you to do is head over to the community chat. Introduce yourself. That way our traders know who you are. They know you're new. They know that they can help you out and then start sponging off them. Watch their conversations. Ask them questions. Hop into some of the support programs that we have and start becoming a better trader today. Lastly, before you leave, do me a favor, leave me a rating and a review if you'd like this podcast. That's a massive help um, in us growing the show. Also, keep shooting me messages, whether it's in the Trading Coach Podcast group, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you can find me. If you have questions, if you have ideas, I don't bite, shoot them my way. You never know when they will become episodes of the Trading Coach Podcast. And not only will they help you get the answer that you want, but they're going to help thousands of other traders as well. Oh,